Hello and welcome to the No Walls Podcast. My name is Preston. I'm here once again with Taylor and Trevor. And uh, man, I know we talked about the GLS last podcast. If you haven't checked out that podcast, you should go check it out because it was a really good time. And I think the GLS afterwards, it just kind of always gets me in this mood. Like I'm just looking for greatness. Like I'm just stoked about greatness. I'm stoked about the idea of greatness. Um, and so I want to talk about that a little bit today. And so my first question for you guys is, um, what is, who, who is someone or what is something that is great right now that is inspiring you? Oh, that's a good question. What is something that's great right now that's inspiring me? <laughs> so like, I, I'm sure that the base of our podcast is, uh, from Oklahoma. So y'all just gonna have to y'all just gonna have to like y'all just gonna have to forgive your boy. But presently, I'm 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 a ridiculously big Texas Longhorns fan. I have been for as long as I can remember. So I already know where this is going. Explains a lot for some of y'all. Man, something that's actually inspiring me, weirdly enough, really is the football program. I've I've read and listened to so many interviews. From the head coach, uh, his name's Steve Sarkeesian. And what's incredible to me is <laughs> he was one of the hottest names in football <clears throat> and then and just crashed and burned. Like, he's one of the biggest programs. He was an alcoholic, wound up getting fired for being it. It was just completely out of the game. Like, whole life fell apart, really public. Um, I mean, it was just crazy. And then... <clears throat> He had a coach bet on him and Nick Saban and then, you know, just kind of rose to the ranks and and won a national championship being an offensive coordinator. Then he came to Texas. And the question became, is like no one ever really doubted whether or not he could make things work. Mm-hmm. We'd seen that. It's like, but can you can you stay healthy? And do you know what good culture is? <laughs> he came into the Longhorns and the culture is just bad. Like everyone on the inside that assessed it is like this thing's broken. Like we had players who didn't even like the previous coach. Like it was just tense. Like it was a bad, bad time. <laughs> Comes in and year one is terrible. Like so bad. Like we were like our record was like five and seven. I think it was awful. Um, lost a lot of games really close. But then the same question became is like, can this culture ever be fixed? It's Texas. Texas will always be this. Da da da. And that entire offseason before last season, he just spends time relationship building. The team develops its own kind of leadership crew on the inside. And so you have these veteran players that are about really raising the standard for who we are and how we're going to practice and how we're going to eat and how we're going to live and how we're going to treat each other and really begin to work this. And what you saw last year was the team really jumped from 5-7 to 8-4. and four, And those four losses we lost, again, very, very close. And what you start seeing is this trajectory of like, oh, it's getting better. And then this year, man, it's the conversations, the things people are saying, the way they're talking about their coaches, the way they're talking about each other, is this man really took a program that was in shambles and feels like family. Like every single interview from one of these players is like, we believe in each other. We're fighting for each other. Uh, you know, we, we believe in our coaches. And it's, it's really impressive to me to see someone come in and inherit such really bad culture. Mm-hmm. It's easy for people who don't follow the team say they're bad, but the team itself was talking about how bad it was. Yeah. And to see in just three seasons, you have overhauled the entire team. You've 
fix the culture, it seems. You know, obviously, they'll have to play this year, so we'll see. You know, I may be doing an interview and a podcast here in 12 months and be like, well, I was wrong on that. <laughs> but everything I've seen and heard really seems like Steve Sarkeesian's figured it out. Like, the dude, he's worked the culture, but he's also worked himself. Like, the way he's speaking, what he's talking about, the way he owns his past, talks about his past, the hope he has for the future, it's just really contagious. So, it's inspiring me. To see someone come in with such bad culture and flip it really has me kind of asking lots of questions about the things that I'm leading and what our culture looks like and, and, and what it needs to be and how I can improve that and what that looks like. Um, and so, anyways, yeah. yeah weirdly enough, cool. our the football team for the University of Texas right now is very inspiring to me. That's super cool. What do you got, Chad? I, I'm really inspired by, like, a group of people that are, like, what I call behind-the-scenes disciplined. Uh, like, they're living an entire life kind of... <laughs> like quietly if that makes any sense sounds like and there's actually a lady that my sister-in-law um introduced me to and i cannot say her last name but i'm going to attempt it um her name's aaron benzakeen but she has a it does get your benzakeen here but she is actually a flower farmer my sister-in-law is a florist um in pea ridge arkansas and so she has, like, all the ins and nos of all these really cool, like, flower farms and stuff like that where they not only gr- grow a ton of stuff, but they, like, are developing and hybridizing and all this different kind of stuff to make bigger, better, fancier flowers. And in that world, there's an entire world of flower people, which is neat. Uh, but anyway, she she actually got picked up to do a short series on Discovery+. Plus. And it's called Florette Flower Farm um, is, is her farm name. And it walks you through, like, how her and her husband, like, how does one get to building an empire based off of flowers? Uh, and so, anyway, it walks you through, like, they they buy this farmhouse with some property that they basically can't afford. And they have a game plan. And she's very disciplined. And like they kind they live in debt but they have a game plan to get out of it and they start small and they build and they start small and they build and kind of like Taylor's talking about like like the culture is inspirational like like what in his comparison to talking about his topic like that's what she's she was really intentional about like her dis- the byproduct of her discipline and her vision to like uh, or, or, or the byproduct of her vision and the discipline to walk it out created this really cool culture of people around her and i literally don't know if i've seen a team of people that are as like loyal and bought into like the huge vision of, uh, of that she has um like her team and it's been really it's it's honestly really inspirational of like um, I tend to like, you have to try really hard to keep people kind of thing. And like, you do yeah. need to invest pe- in your people and, and love your people and get to know your people really well. But like her passion and discipline and like her vision to move forward and stuff, a good byproduct of it is these people mm-hmm. are like, I want to be a part of this movement that you're on. And so she has these, pe- these like ride or die kind of people with her. And, and then also simultaneously, like the product that she's she's producing is like she's leading the industry now she's creating different hybrids and stuff like that of all these different you know hundreds of different flowers and something i thought was really cool is that she is also developing like how to effectively send out like the seeds and 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 then the tubers and different things depending on what it is and uh, anyway that that whole concept of like 
she spent a lot, a lot of years in obscurity, just grinding, doing her thing, developing and learning and stuff like that. And something about that here recently, I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. she didn't just I think, stumble uh, into greatness. It's been like this decades of development Neistat. as a person and, he, and at, in her and marriage. Like, you might have heard like of like you know, her craft on or whatever too. But anyway, so this that's, guy that's somebody that's been like pretty much invented that or like kind of like reinvented that. So like this would have been like six or seven years ago now. He uh lived in New York and he decided that he's going to he's going to start vlogging. He's going to start like creating these videos about his life. And he's like and, I'm, and he's going to do it daily and uh he's did it daily for 3 years straight. And the things that he put out were not like pull out my selfie camera and just be like, "Hey guys, I'm doing this." Like these things were like cinematic. Like they looked insane. I remember every day back then like just just excited about the, like the next one. Like I was like so stoked to watch Casey every day. Well, wow. Casey uh he took a break. Because, like, I mean, that's just a lot to do. Like, have a new idea every day. And, like, he wasn't spending a lot of time with his family and things like that. But he was building something, like, incredible. And um, he took a break. He, has, he didn't do things for a while. He just came back not that long ago. And he's putting videos out every once in a while. And he did a interview with a guy where they just broke down one of his videos. They were like, he's like, like, how did you know to put music right there? Like, how did you know to do this cut? Like, like why did you set up the camera like this? Like, why did you do it? And, like, it dawned on me while I was watching him that all of the great things that he does, as great as he is, you could tell, like, there was almost, like, an obvious reason for everything he was doing. Like, like, and me and you have kind of talked about this, Taylor. It's like, every time that someone does something great, like, every time we see a communicator that's insane, or every time we're talking about someone who is, just seems like they're unreachable, normally you can be like, oh, yeah, well, like, like, duh, they're where they're at. Like, they did this, this, and this back then. Like, and that's how he was, like, He's been making films since he was, like, five years old. Of course he's good at what he does. Of course he knows how to use a camera. Of course he, like, can see that without really having to even put a whole lot of effort into it. And so uh, my belief is that, like, every time someone does something great, like, with both the examples you guys have, like, there are moments that are just kind of, like, well-dub moments, right? Like, like them, like, with the flowers. It's like, yeah, well, well, duh, they're where they're at now. Like, they were grinding whenever they didn't have anything. Like, if you have that much dedication at the beginning and you can put that out for you know 10 years something's gonna come at the end of that and like same with the um with the texas team and so i think uh my next question is like i want to figure out like what are what are some of your well done things that you're doing today to set yourself up to be great in the future i think for me my well done has kind of been my well done for a really long time um I don't know anyone in the, in in my personal life that is as um passionate about getting honest real feedback. Mm-hmm. Like we have people in a church that have feedback but no one wants it like I do. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know anyone in my life that wants it like me. Like to the point that like if it is painful, it's a difficult truth, like just rip the band-aid. Yeah. And it's just it's kind of just how I'm wired. Um and so it'd be like it'd be easy for me to tell somebody like, "Well, suck it up, quit being soft." Like, just ask the hard question, you tip bag. Like, yeah. you know, just figure out what's happening. It's like, let's just not, everyone's not built the same way. So that would be like my well done. It's like, but for me, it's like, I don't want to spend another time being inefficient. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't want to do something that's not working one day longer than I have to. And so that deep desire of mine to try to live the fullest, most amazing capacity I can overrides the pain of finding out I'm bad at something. Yeah or finding out something's not working, or finding out there's a different way to do a thing. And so for me, my well, duh, I think probably just is, like, 
everything in my life is kind of on the table. Like, like people talk about community a lot. Yeah. But the idea of actually living life with people is a very different thing. Mm-hmm. We can use the word community all day long, but actually walking it out. And for me, like everything's on the table. Mm-hmm. Core the people I trust most in my life, they have full access to who I am. My marriage, my kids, my ministry, my vision, my dreams, my hopes. It's all out there. Yeah. And all of it can be given feedback. Like they're like, I'm not the guy who's like like pushing off, like, you don't get to talk to me about my kids. No, let me know. Yeah. Like if I'm if I'm not leading my kids, well, I want to know. Hey, yeah. if I'm not loving my wife, well, I want to know. And that's like really vulnerable. Like that's like, and it's painful because there have been moments where people have had to deliver the hard truths. Like, that's not it, man. Yeah. And it's like, and everything in you wants to like defensive and be butthurt and want to argue against him. But the truth is, is like, yeah, but also like, you're not wrong. Yeah. And so I need to do something with that data. And now I'm a better husband, a better father, a better pastor. So I think my well duh is everything in my life's actually on the chopping block. There are no exceptions to that rule. And in the moments where I find out I had some exceptions, I'm I make sure that they are no longer that way. Yeah. Right? Like everybody's got some areas that you don't know you're kind of hedging your bet on. Mm-hmm. And so some of that's unpreventable. But when you find out you've been hedging, what do you do next? And for right. me, I push the chips to the center. Yep. Oh, okay. My bad. Here you go. Yep. All right. Now give it to me again. Tell me what's happening. Um, and I will die on this hill. Anybody that lives their life like that has increased the capacity of what God can do in their life. Yeah. Your, your cap to being healthy, your cap to being the fullest version of yourself is fully tied to how willing you're, how, how open you are to admitting you're wrong. Mm. Plain and simple. Yep. The more you are willing to accept the fact that you don't have the answer, that you're missing things, that you need help, the higher the capacity of what you can be increases. And that is the cap, plain and simple. I don't care who you are, whether or not you're a person of faith or not, your ability to own it when you suck and acknowledge the fact that there are some times that you do actually suck lets you win Yeah. because now you no longer have to do it again. But the more defensive you are, the more closed, more closed off you are, the more, um, I mean, just the, the, the more you feel the need to put rose-colored glasses on everything you do, the harder it will ever be for you to actually get healthy. Yeah. So I think that's my well done. That's good. There's a there's a piece in what you said that I like resonate or like I resonate with a lot of it. Um, but you don't have to stop at the identification of the thing, like the addressment of, like you said, you have all these like incredible voices in your life and like, they'll tell you like, Hey, I've noticed this, da, 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 da. Like, I feel like a lot of people want to stop at the identifier and not, not go past it. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah. You are talking to your wife in a way that's degrading. Oh my gosh. I'm a degrading husband, blah, blah, blah. And they just stop. They just put, push pause and stop at that point and don't ever do anything about it and almost like an identifier and they just like cap it right there and and then move forward accordingly or whatever um i don't know something about that like that there's a piece of a well duh for me that was like there's life after the the the, like addressment if that i don't know if that makes sense or not but there's there's 
there's action steps afterwards. You're, it, you, you, there's a future after the identifier of like your unhealthy habits or your, or, or things that you can get better at or whatever. Um, you're not, I, I, you're not identified forever and ever and ever off of that individual moment. Um, something about that's really beautiful for me because I feel like I would tend to like run from adversity and run from opportunities where I can get people to, to speak into my life because I would, you know, like I would keep it and collect it. And I am this thing now with no hope for the future that I would be anything, but what other people, what I've tried so hard to not be, but somebody saw it and somebody ID'd it. And now I am that, if that makes sense. And so, yeah, I do. I think that it's, uh, you know, by piggybacking off of your thing of like, having those people to kind of speak into it. And, and I, I remember, uh, I remember a discussion that you and I had Taylor one time about like, um, you were giving your opinions about a worship pastor that I really like, and you were kind of like breaking down how she was leading and how harmful it could be. And my natural default is like, well, if I like her and co-sign her, then you're saying that I'm an idiot too, essentially is what I walked away with. And then I, I just remember taking like a breath in the middle of the conversation and being like, hold on just a second. And being like, what is he actually saying? Why is he actually saying it? Why are we having this discussion? Why am I passionate to defend her? It's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm seeing myself in the imperfection thing that she's doing. And it can't be both. It has to be you're either an idiot or you're a genius. You can't be like, oh, I had an idiot moment, but like I'm, I'm moving forward to find my thing. It's like everyone's in a pro process, I guess is my well done moment. But, um, but, uh, conflict is, is intimacy. That's, that's one of my well does that I'm still walking out, but that's, that's you and Jared have introduced that concept to me. And, um, while it's friction, it is, I remember like, Life changing. Just well, one of the things you used to do as a yeah. kid is I would go to my bedroom, and I would just sit there and kind of think for a second. And I'd like run into the living room and like, ask my dad some like random like, "Hey, dad, do you think like, you think if you put a butterfly in space, this would happen?" And he'd be like, "I, I don't know." <laughs> like, and I'd be like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> and I'd run back to my room and like come back in like literally like five minutes later, and just the whole time he's just trying to like chill, watch TV. He just got off work, so was, I'm like. His ability to put up with me doing that was, is, like, a testament to something. <laughs> Patience, I guess. And, like, I remember, like, I would do that. That was, like, my routine for the day. It was just, like, for hours of me just kind of going back and forth. And um, normally he didn't have answers. Normally he tried to give the best <laughs> answers he could. These are, like, really hypothetical, weird questions. So it's, like, um, but I remember that just being, like, a really natural thing for me. And uh, actually one of the cool things he ended up doing is kind of, like, a, a, a side tangent thing. But once I got a phone um, and I had access to the Internet, he he made me answer my own question. So I'd come in and ask him a question that's not even like, uh, like there's no way he's going to know this. And he'd, I'd be like, oh, okay, never mind. He'd go, no, but you have Google now. So now you have to go, you have to go look it up. And you have to come back and you have to get, tell me the answer. And I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, I didn't think it was cool at the time. I thought it was really frustrating at the time. But just like now looking back, it's like, oh, he like kind of taught me like how to communicate something that I just learned. Like I, he taught me how to teach something that I just found out. And that was kind of neat. Um, but even like my whole like, journey of coming to faith it came from like i got to a point where i was like i'm gonna ask enough questions where i actually figure out if god exists or not and i'm cool with whatever wherever those chips fall like i really just want to find out like what's true and uh like through that obviously i've i've found out that god does exist that's why i'm here <laughs> but um yeah i think i think my ability to ask questions would be my well done and i've noticed in seasons when i've asked less questions it seems like i've grown less 
then the season's when I'm asking more questions, when I really lean on that. And so I think if in the future, if I end up doing something that is worth doing, I think people will look back and say, oh, it's because of the questions that he asked. I love that. I think uh, <clears throat> I like the idea of the premise you're playing with where it's like everybody has a well, duh, because in a world where we like increasingly see everybody else's like best moments, you know, like, like you, you only ever see people's highlight reel, right? Like Instagram isn't like people actually being authentic. It's, you know, their controlled version of whatever it is they want you to see. (laughs) And I think like the idea that everyone who is great has a well, duh, immediately makes greatness touchable. Yeah. Right. So like if every person who's ever done something significant has a well, duh, then what that means to me is that there is probably Okay, day in, day out, <clears throat> week in, week out, routine or discipline that said individual has done for decades that ultimately got them <clears throat> to be the person that could do the thing that we are all inspired by. Yeah. <clears throat> Which means greatness is now touchable. Yeah. <clears throat> it wasn't like they were just magically ready for this one epic moment. It was yeah. a lifetime of decisions put in place that when the moment came, they were ready for it. It's like, mm. uh, you know, like the reference scripture. It's like, like David kills the lion and the bear. So then by the time like he sees Goliath, it's like, well, I mean, I done, I done did this already. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like, I separate a lion's jaws with my hands. I'm good, bro. Like, this uncircumcised Philistine's nothing to me. Like, who is this man? Like, I, I'm good. He ain't got no teeth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I took out Mufasa, bro. Like, come at me. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, so to me, like, I think what's fun um, is I, th- I think the people that we look up to, I think a healthy rhythm he got no would be not trying to be who they are, but trying to figure out what their well does. Mm. Like, if you see someone in your life and it's like they're dominating or they're achieving greatness or it's someone you want to be like, well, maybe you ask yourself the question of, like, who, what's their well done? You know, like, or as an athlete, like, always wanting to be one of the best athletes in the world. And then... Like, as I've gotten older, like, I realized, like, the well-dub really was in the work ethic. It was in the habits. It was in the things that they did in the gym when no one else saw them. I think that's true in personal life also. Like, when you see marriages that aren't fighting all the time, because, like, I want to be like them. I promise you, there's some well-does there. Yeah. Okay, there's some things they do that you aren't doing, and it's just that simple. And if you want what they have, you're probably going to have to do what they do. Or at the very least, to make that even a little bit more practical, figure out how to fit what they do to you. Mm. Right, because like how they do it may not work for you, but why they do it will, mm-hmm. and start catching the heart behind people and try to start applying the best truth you have for the moment to make it tailor fit to your individual lifestyle. And so, like I said, I think it's easier to see other people's well does, and That's so good. I would go looking for them. I'd head hunt the well does. Like if you see people in your life that even have access to, and they're like doing well, it's like ask them what's happening. Like why are you good at business? Yeah. I mean, you ask enough questions, man, you're going to find the answer, you know? Um, so the premise of a well done for me is really cool because I think what it does is it actually elevates the achievability of greatness. Yeah. I think sometimes you just live life thinking you either are what you are or you aren't what you aren't, and it's either in you or it ain't in you. And mm-hmm. it's like, I just don't believe that. Yeah. As someone who didn't graduate high school, has a lot of reasons to not be great, I think I'm great. Yeah. And I'm great not because, like, I had a lot of advantages. I'm great because I started asking people questions. Yeah. Right. And just was right. willing to accept the fact that like there's some things I can tweak and change and it'll make me better. And a lifetime of pursuing other people's well does help me start to find my own. Yeah. 
And so now That's I think good. you could look at my life and you'd see some well does. Yeah. I think you could look at what I'm doing and how I'm doing it, why I'm doing it, the way I'm doing it. And you could probably point out two or three things. So like, yep, that's the thing. You might be insufferable, but that's the thing right there. That thing right there, that's why you are who you are. That's why it's working. That's why it's growing. Um, and so I would say go grab someone who does and start applying it, man. Yeah. Start small. You know what I'm saying? You probably can't get access to, uh, you know, Elon Musk right now. That's all right. <laughs> go find access to the people just in your community that are winning, yeah. you know? Go go talk to the the people you see day in, day out that are crushing it and start trying to figure out what their well does yeah. and start where you're at and you'll find the opportunities. Yeah, that's good. Well. Um, I think it's a good place to end this thing. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you aren't already, uh, go ahead and subscribe to this thing. Follow this thing. Um, Absolutely. Subscribe like this to thing. this thing being No Walls Podcast. Exactly. Subscribe yeah. to this. Yeah. <laughs> 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 subscribe to this, this podcast. And, uh, yeah, comment, like, do all the things. Uh, share this thing, the podcast. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys for talking to me today. Love you guys. <laughs> Love you, brother. <laughs>